Some things have happened this morning. I want you to know they are signs that the Lord is here. Read your Bible. The Lord is moving in this place, and you may be here and needing breakthrough. I want you to know this is the place for breakthrough, where the presence of the Lord is. Where the presence of the Lord is, He comes with healing in His wings. And I want you to know, church, He's still a healer. He's still a healer. Today we're gonna. Uh, we're, today is Communion Sunday, and I'm going to talk a little bit about the blood of Jesus. Um, but I want you to know that there is power. And there is victory in walking, walking with and walking through the power of the blood of Jesus. And I want to ask you, how do you handle adversity? How do you handle adversity? How do you deal with pressure and opposition and disappointment and depression and rage and denial and fear? Hang on, there's a good side to this. How do you handle it? Do you struggle? Do you fail? Do you, do you feel like you... I, had, I, I can't remember what the... I saw a kid's shirt uh, yesterday that said something about how epic he was. But I, what I want to think of is, are you wearing the shirt that says epic fail? At every challenge that you run into, you wind up worse off. I want to encourage you that God is here and that the power of the blood of Jesus is going to change your life if you will let it. If you will get on board... These situations that I mentioned are common to believers and unbelievers. We all go through it. But there has got to be a better way to handle life. Is anybody there? There's got to be a better way. Surely Jesus' sufferings, his crucifixion and his resurrection did more than than just rescue me from hell. We come to church and we hear about how good life should be, but you are not experiencing that. When these conditions, according to God's word, are met, Christians can apply the blood of Jesus to every area of their life and witness the full effect. I believe... I'm going to answer my own question. Is the blood of Jesus relevant today? The answer is yes. You walking it and seeing it's a different story. You can hear me say it and say, well, okay, but I don't see the effect in my life. Great. Do you know that's why Jesus came was for you? Those that had everything together, he didn't come for them. He came for those that were broken and hurt. He came for the sinner. He came for me. So we're going to start this morning in Revelation. I believe the Bible teaches, and my personal experience proves that the blood of Jesus provides so much more than just my ticket to heaven. And that I can apply the blood of Jesus to every area of my life. So if we go, we're going to start at the end with the book of Revelation. And right here, it talks of a great end-time conflict that lies at the end of the present age. I'm just going to give you a little recap. Heaven and earth in this conflict are involved. The angels of God are involved. Satan and his angels are involved. And God's believing people on earth are involved. Um, I believe that 
the word that came forth out of Brother Mark is saying we are near the end. We should be looking for signs that God is coming because He's sending them. Jesus is coming. Thank God the victory goes to His people. It describes how the people of God on earth play their part in in obtaining that victory. And it's a statement made by the angels, but it's about the believers on earth. And I quote this so often, but I don't know if you get the context of this. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. What's he talking about? The word they referred to here refers to people, this they, the word they, the second word up there, refers to people like you and me. This refers to the believers of Jesus Christ. Those that have been water baptized, those that have been filled with this spirit, those that are following Christ. Because you walked an altar and gave your heart to the Lord and said the things that the pastor said to do, that doesn't make you a follower. You've got to start following. Your follow starts the moment you walk from here. The moment you come from that altar, you start following something. If nothing changed, then church, it's a wake-up call. It's time to change. It's time to start following It's not a one and done. I want you to know that Christians today, Christians today struggle with life because they're not following. Now I want you to know life is a struggle. The Word of God's told us that, but it doesn't have to be a failure. Because I struggle doesn't mean I don't have victories in my struggles. So far, except for the struggles I'm still dealing with, I've had victories in my struggles. Church, are you with me? This is a call from the Lord, from the Word of God, from me, saying it's time to turn. It's going to be good. I'm not interested in bad. I've done that, been there, done that. Got the t-shirt. Several. So who is the him? They overcame him. Satan. Satan's in the picture. We are battling an enemy, and let me tell you, he is a fordable enemy. It shows clearly that there can be direct conflict between us and Satan, and there's nobody in between. Our conflict is between us and Satan. They overcame him. Do you hear me? All right. I want the light bulb to turn on this morning. How did they overcome him? By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their. Whose? Say mine. Say my testimony. You don't have to repeat anymore. We are overcoming by Jesus' blood and by the word of my testimony. Not somebody else's testimony, your testimony. And it finally, in the last part of this scripture, tells us what kind of people they were. They were fill it to the brim people. 
What do I mean? Whether they lived or died was not at the top priority of their life. If we really grasp and grab hold of the Spirit of God and the things of God, that doesn't really play in. Because our time here is very small. Our time with Him is in in eternity. And it also tells us that that time with Him is better than the time that we have here. So that's not the focus. Fear of death is gone. He's overcome death and the grave. These people that overcame got that. Are you with me? This is a, this is a picture of who we, are, who we are to be. They did not love their lives to the death. Staying alive was not their priority. Why isn't priority number one? Priority number one was to do the will of God. The most important thing was to be faithful to the Lord. 1 John chapter 2, verse 17. It says, The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Can you catch this, putting it with Revelation 12, 11, that the, your life, living or dying, is not even in the picture. It's removed. Living is not removed. Dying is. Are we on the same page? Let me back up and just say, state the obvious. Physically, you're going to die. Everyone before you, great, bad, whatever, died. There was a few that got taken up to heaven, but even the people that Jesus healed died. Right? We are physically going to die. Boy, this is a great message this morning. Thanks, Pastor. But it's not... When we get our focus right... It has no power over us. It loses our, the power. Those of y'all that have struggled with death, it's going to be an amazing thing when you get Jesus in front of that. Pastor, I know Jesus, and I, I'm serving him, and I love him. Oh, I want you to know you've got, a, you've, got a, you've got a filter that needs to be removed or needs to be put in. Jesus. Oh. Oh. Everybody say, Oh. When you unite your will with the will of God in total commitment. I thought I had this in there. I don't think I do. When you unite your will with the will of God, you become unsinkable. You become undefeatable. You become unshakable. And whether you live or die is of second importance because you cannot be defeated. So what does it mean to overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony? We overcome Satan when we personally testify to what the Word of God says the blood of Jesus does for us. Did you hear me? The way that we apply this, and I'm going to teach you how, is when we personally testify what the Word of God says the blood of Jesus does for us. So is it important that you know what the blood of Jesus does for you? There are situations in your life that you are stuck there because you do not know nor have you applied the blood of Jesus to that situation. I'm going to show you an example from the Old Testament. And as we're going to take communion this morning, this is about the Passover ceremony. 
And it's from Exodus 12. And here, through the sacrifice of the Passover lamb, God provided total protection for all the people of Israel. But they had to do certain things with the lamb and with the blood to ensure its protection. If y'all have got your Bibles, turn with me to it. Exodus chapter 12. I want to encourage you, read it from your own stuff. If you've got an iPhone and you can mark it up somehow by highlighting, do it. There's going to come a time when the rubber meets the road and you're going to need to go back. There's something significant about going back and noticing the stones that you laid to, to remind you of what Jesus did in your life. Do you remember the children of Israel would go set up stones when, when the waters were parted or when this breakthrough came or when God provided water, when God provided health from that water where the women were all not getting pregnant and they would set up stones so that when they're walking by, they may have forgot what God's done because they're now facing something horrible again. And they're walking by with their children to be able to say, oh, wait just a minute. Let me tell you a story about what Jesus did for, or what God did for us. This is back Old Testament. They didn't have Jesus yet. But can I tell you what God did? What's that doing? It's sowing seed into a child, into someone's heart, so that when they face something, they will come back to that and say, wait a minute, my God can overcome. Church, do you hear me? This is why in today's day, you need your Bible. Many of us, including me, do not carry around our Bible. You need to have your sword and you need to mark it up. There was a situation with Elizabeth losing her mom that four years later, she was in a Bible study and came down to a scripture where she had something written on the side. And I'm probably messing this up, but it set her free. Something clicked in reading. Is that right? Four years? Yeah. <laughs> there is significance to your testimony. Your testimony. You're going to want to come back to this. Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, Pick out and take lambs for yourself, according to your families, and kill the Passover lamb. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip the blood that is in the basin, and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of this house until morning. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. And you shall observe this thing as an ordinance for you and your sons. What? forever. Is that, does that apply to today, even though we're New Testament? Yes. Everybody say yes. Forever is forever. Forever is, oh, except for this situation I'm in. No, forever. Applying the Passover blood to your life, to your situation, is forever. So what do we gain from this scripture? Each father had to choose a lamb <clears throat> for his family. He then had to sacrifice that lamb and catch its blood in a basin. 
Now I want you to grasp the graphicness of this. This was graphic. This was not a clean, fun, let's go out and throw Frisbee and put on glasses and watch the eclipse and have hot dogs. This is, we're going to get dirty. Can I encourage you? Life is dirty. The blood had to be caught. Why? Because it was precious. And none of it was to be spilled on the ground. I don't know if you can catch this, but it was to be considered sacred, important. Life or death, literally. Even with the lamb slain and the blood simply in the basin, it still didn't protect anyone. Are you with me? We're going to take communion this morning. And it's so easy to just eat the chiclet and drink the juice and go home and continue life. No. No. You're going to get an opportunity to start to apply the blood of Jesus to your life today. You get a chance to change. You get a chance to turn. In the Old Testament in Leviticus, I believe it says, choose this day whom you will serve. Not, that's not Leviticus. That's Joel, I believe. Where is it? Deuteronomy. <laughs> I asked my biblical scholar, my mother. Um, but it also says, today choose life or death. Blessings or curses. You choose. One great thing about God is he doesn't control you. You choose. He's given you a free will to choose. But I want to encourage you. Choose life. Choose life. Yeah, it's just a little piece of bread and juice. But we're going to do something spiritual according to God's word and his will, according to what Father God did for us through his son Jesus at the cross. We're going to do something that's more powerful in this earth than anything else. This is what we're about to do today. So don't miss it. Sorry if I'm beating you to death. I'm not trying to. I'm trying to wake us up. The the juice in this little dish and the bread sitting here does nothing. Nothing's happened. There's been some preparing. We've been lining things up. But there's, the power is not there. It's a start. Fathers were required to transfer the blood from the basin to the doors of their home and smear it or sprinkle it on the lintel. Now, I've taught this before. I've been over this several times, but I had to look up that word again. Lintel. It's the area between... Here. It's here. Can everybody see? This is the lintel and the doorposts, the two sides. Blood had to be put there, but where did blood not go? Somebody answer. It went here and here and here. Where did it not go? It didn't go on the door, nor did it go on the ground. Why doesn't it go on the ground? Because it's sacred. The thing that goes on the ground, what have we learned from Scripture? What's on the ground? What's under our feet? 
not the blood. Satan goes under our feet. That's where he, that's where he belongs, scripturally. He belongs under our feet, not leading us, not behind us, not in front of us, not above us, not banging around in here. He belongs one spot, and that's under our feet. Eventually, he's going to be locked up. But until then, the place that he deserves to be in your life is under your feet. The God of peace has placed Satan under your feet. So, the lentil, the two doorposts, and one more requirement. Can anybody remember what the last requirement was? Stay inside. If you're outside the house, everything you've done is still for nothing. Stay inside the house. Why? Because that's where the protection was. That's where the protection was. If they go outside, if they go outside the blood, they're not protected. So how do we relate this to us? In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. It says, purge out all the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. So you can see that we don't have to have Passover like they did back in that day. Our redemption does not come from the blood of bulls and goats any longer. I'm very thankful. I believe that if, if I were a priest back in Old Testament days, there would have been a lot of blood and guts involved in my ministry. <laughs> and I'm thankful I don't have to do that. Jesus Christ, the perfect lamb, was sacrificed for us once and for all. He spilt his blood, but it is our job to apply that blood. Can everybody see? Our job to apply the blood. The blood in the basin doesn't protect anyone. We're in the same situation as, as, as Israel. We have to get the blood from the basin to the place where we live. Then we are protected, provided we are obedient on the doorposts and the lintel, and we apply it to our lives. So how do we get the blood from the basin to where we live? They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. We overcome Satan when we personally testify to what the Word of God says that the blood of Jesus does for us. In context, the word testimony is not referring to the whole story about how you became a Christian. It's simply saying a few words according to Scripture. That is our protection. I can't overemphasize the importance of your testimony. 
we're going to be learning over the next few weeks about the, the different aspects and how to apply the blood of Jesus to your situation. But let me show you here in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the whole heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Jesus Christ. Let me read it again. Therefore, holy brethren, Partakers of the heavenly calling. What is it saying? Therefore, people that have chosen to serve Jesus Christ and walk in it. Therefore, holy brethren, that's you, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Jesus Christ. So who is Jesus Christ? He is the high priest of what? of our confession. Everybody say, my confession. Jesus is the high priest of my confession. How do I get Jesus to to kick in to be priest over my life? Through my confession. So can I twist this around? I'm not, I don't think I'm twisting it wrongly, but I believe that we can look at it in a different way. No confession... No high priest. Can we put those two things together? If you are lacking your confession, look at the peace that you're missing. The high priest. It is Jesus Christ, our high priest, that can forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. But we must place Jesus Christ as our high priest. How do we get Jesus to be our high priest? It must come out of our mouth. We make our words, the words out of our mouth, agree with his word. And Jesus is the high priest of our confession. Without our conscious, intentional agreement with God's word, Jesus cannot represent you before God. Until we apply the blood and get it out of the basin, we are unprotected. Listen to this scripture, Matthew 12, 37. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Your words. It's almost unimaginable that it is through the blood of Jesus and through what's coming out of my mouth that I overcome. Please don't check out. Please don't check out. Your words are either going to make or break you. There is no eternal power. There is eternal power in the words that you speak. James says the tongue is like the rudder of a ship. Very small part of the ship, but it will determine exactly where the ship goes. The way you use your tongue. Don't sell yourself short. God holds you in very high regard. He invested his son's blood, Jesus' blood in you. When you criticize yourself, 
you are criticizing God's handiwork. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The word of your testimony is applying the blood of Jesus to the place where you live. It's applying the blood of Jesus to the place where you live. If the ushers would go ahead and come forward, we're going to take communion this morning. And we're going to sing and we're going to praise the Lord for just a minute. And I want to encourage you. I'm going to read, read you just for a second how we prepare for this. So if I can just say just for a second. Here at Church on the Hill, we practice open communion. It doesn't matter what denomination you're coming from. But we do require that you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if you haven't done that yet, right now is the time. Right now is the time. It says that if you will believe in your heart, if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that He was raised from the dead, you will be saved. Did you catch what was said? If you confess with your mouth, do you already see that, your, that life is coming through your mouth? Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that He was raised from the dead. You will be saved. Is that you? Right now where you sit, I just want you to close your eyes and just ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Ask Him to come into your heart. Spirit of God, come into my heart and save me. Forgive me of my sin. I turn my life to you. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead, you will be saved. It says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, see, I'm going to skip ahead. We'll come back to that. It says, whoever eats of this bread or drinks of this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat the bread and drink the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. But if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, lest you come together for judgment. And I will rest, and the rest I will set in order when I come. As you hold the elements in your hands, and as they're passing them out, I just ask you to examine yourself. And to turn your heart back to the Lord. Just examine yourself as we sing.